You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast, episode 16. Email newsletters are dead. Long live the email list. This episode is for those of you who do not yet have an email list, but you think you need one. Also, if you don't think you need one, but are open to changing your mind, if you already have one, but don't have a strategy around it, this episode will also be helpful for you. Today, I'm going to go over the benefits of having an email list, how to get people to sign up for your email list, the common mistakes that yoga teachers make with their email list, and finally, strategies for using your list to promote your classes and your events. As the title alludes to, I'm also going to talk about how the use of email lists has evolved over the past decade away from the quote-unquote newsletter and towards a more conversational and focused style of marketing email. Before we start with the nuts and bolts of how and why to tap into the power of your email list, I want to address the mindset issues that prevent a lot of yoga teachers from creating an email list, growing their list, and tapping into the potential of their list. Many of us yoga teachers resist having an email list because we do not want to feel like we're spamming people. A lot of us, probably all of us, receive more emails than we would like to. And sometimes, let's be honest, they are annoying. The cool thing, though, is that we can totally unsubscribe from any email list whose emails we don't actually want to receive. In fact, there's even software out there to make that super easy on you. The one I use is called unroll.me, unroll me. And it helps me to put all of my, all of the marketing emails that I receive that I don't want to have to sift through all the time into one folder so I can go over them at my leisure. And it also helps me to unsubscribe to newsletters with one easy click. So I will put a link to them in the show notes. That's not an affiliate link or anything. It's just the software I use for that purpose. So one of the keys to having a healthy and helpful email list is that you want people on there who actually want to hear from you. One of the struggles that I have had in putting myself out there through my email list in the past is that I was afraid of being judged and I was afraid that people wouldn't be interested in what I had to offer. I didn't want to be looked at as being spammy. I resisted taking action because I was afraid of what others would think of me. So To be completely honest and vulnerable, I've actually had some painful moments when I received an unsubscribe notice from somebody who I thought of as a longtime student and even a friend. So that does happen, but not taking action because of fear is paralyzing and it is a great way to stay stuck. The truth is, People will judge you no matter what you do, no matter how careful you are, no matter how much you people please, you won't be able to please everyone. 
For most yoga teachers, your income is directly related to how many people show up for your classes and your events. In order to increase your numbers, you do have to increase visibility. You need to stay at the top of people's minds. It's not that people don't care about you or don't like you. It's just that we're all bombarded with a ton of information all the time, so it's easy to get distracted and overwhelmed. When you increase your visibility, yes, you do open yourself up to criticism and judgment. And you can see that really clearly on, you know, the, say the yoga teachers, sometimes I will follow yoga teachers who are very, very well known, like on Instagram, the the ones who get hundreds of thousands of followers and, you know, hundreds of comments on their posts, and they get a lot of criticism no matter what they do. The thing is that when somebody judges you, it is not about you at all. Their judgment is completely about them, their story, their experience, whatever is going on in their life. It is definitely painful to be on the receiving end of judgment, but it is not worth stopping your own progress in order to avoid being judged because Not fulfilling your potential is also painful. Being alive involves pain. So this type of pain, the pain of being judged, especially by a stranger, is pain that we can handle. It's pain that is temporary and does not leave permanent marks, especially if you are able to take it in perspective. So the first step towards greater visibility and more success as a yoga teacher is to accept and even welcome the discomfort that comes with putting yourself out there. I feel like I can talk about this topic with a lot of authenticity because it has been a huge struggle for me. And if I am honest, I do continue to to struggle with it. But I am more and more able to recognize and welcome my discomfort and as as a growth opportunity and that lessens its power over me. I'm also working on enough self-love to take action despite that discomfort, and I hope you will join me in that process because it is really rewarding and really worthwhile. So whether you have these specific mindset issues, there, you know, I can really only speak to the ones that I have struggled with, or if you have other mindset issues, I believe either way, or maybe no mindset issues around an email list, An email list is, in my opinion, the most essential tool that yoga teachers have for promoting their classes and their events. Now, people do question whether or not an email list is still necessary and relevant in this age of social media. I absolutely believe that they are. There are several benefits of email lists compared to social media. For one thing, everyone has email accounts and they do check them regularly. I mean, 99.99% of the population. (laughs) On the other hand, with social media platforms, different demographics use different social media platforms, and this changes over time. So especially if your audience skews towards younger people, they can jump ship really easily. And that big following that you built up, say on Facebook, your Facebook page, all of a sudden means pretty much nothing. I ran into this. I put a good bit of effort into my Facebook page early on back when that was actually a way of reaching people. And now I get pretty much zero reach from it. 
Number two, people self-select whether or not to open your emails. On social media, different platforms have constantly changing algorithms where they select who they even show your posts to. So as long as you're getting through spam filters, you at least have the opportunity to be seen on email. And the third big advantage of email lists over social media is that you can track exactly who is opening your emails. And on social media, you really only see your most engaged followers, the ones who are liking and commenting. You can't know who is seeing and kind of bookmarking it in their brain for later. In my experience, email lists are very, very powerful as far as increasing the number of people at your classes and especially at your one-time events. When I started tracking how many people were finding out about my workshops through my email list, I realized that my email list was literally doubling the attendance of my offerings. This was a huge revelation to me and ha- you know, drove home this lesson of focus on your email list. Even though your email list is one of the most robust tools available for increasing the attendance of your offerings, it can also be a lot of work. So I want to make sure that if you decide to put some of your limited time and energy into growing and nurturing your email list, that you do it in the way that is most likely to be effective and give you a return on your investment. And I learned a lot of this the hard way of, you know, kind of trial and error. Finally, I started to get educated and that has made all the difference for me. So I want to just pass on some of that education to you. So hopefully you don't have to waste as much time and energy as I did. Before we dive into these best practices for managing your email list, let's briefly compare and contrast the old model of email marketing, that one that is a little less effective and uh, frankly more work in some ways versus the new model that I'm going to explain in more detail in this episode. I definitely operated under the old model for many years and following that it was still moderately effective for me. However, times are changing and unless you have a following that is very, very dedicated and connected to you already before they sign up for your email list, you will get a lot more traction with the new model that I'm going to share with you. In the old model of email marketing, you just invited people to sign up for your list with the assumption that of course they want to hear from you. (laughs) With the new model, you invite them to sign up and you give them a gift right away as a thank you and the promise of more valuable content to come, meaning you give them something in exchange for their email address. In the old model, you would send an email sporadically whenever you had a bunch of stuff coming up. In the new model, you get on a schedule and you send your emails like clockwork. In the old model, you stuffed all of your upcoming events into one email, making them very long. (laughs) In the new model, you choose one main action you would like your readers to take for each email that you send. In the old model, you use a boring subject line like Mado's email newsletter, August 2018. In the new model, you thoughtfully craft a benefit-driven title that is relevant to the content of your email using active language so that people 
know whether or not they're interested in the topic before they even click on opening it. Okay, so those are the big differences between the old and the new model. Why is the new model better than the old one? With the old model, you're basically treating your newsletter as an ad. With the new model, you're building and maintaining relationships with your ideal yoga student. The old model worked back when we weren't getting nearly as many emails. I don't know about you, but I can remember when getting an email was exciting, even if it was from a business. Maybe this is dating me a little bit, but those of you 40 and and older can probably remember this also. These days, between the flourishing of email marketing and the explosion of social media, people are bombarded by marketing messages. By taking the time to create quality content and choosing one core message per email, you are respecting the bandwidth that you're taking up by being in your student's inbox. The lessons I'm going to teach you today are about creating a quality email list. So that means that while we do want to grow our lists, the actual number of people on it is less important than who is on it and what we do with it. So meaning that our content is relevant to the people that are on our email list. I used to get kind of sad every time somebody would unsubscribe from my email list. Now that my email list is bigger, I get people who unsubscribe every time that I send out an email, and I am training myself to be happy about that, to think, oh, this is wonderful. You know, somebody who didn't want to get my emails is not getting them. Now there's room on my subscription plan that I am paying for. There is room for somebody else who wants them. Since we're focusing on quality over quantity, and this is in a sequence with the last couple of episodes that I've done on finding and nurturing your ideal student, the first step is to know who you want on your email list. So if you haven't already, I'd love for you to pause this episode, listen to episodes 14 and 15, all about knowing your ideal yoga student and clarifying your niche, because I'm not going to be able to repeat all the information in those episodes here. What I will say, though, just to reiterate the key concept, is that you have a niche already, whether you know it or not. If you haven't chosen one on purpose, you cannot take full advantage of the benefits of knowing your audience. Once you know who you're speaking to, the next step is to outline a content strategy. Content is the valuable information or resources that you are sending to your list on a regular basis. In the case of yoga teachers, it could be articles, audio classes, videos, meditations, yoga nidras, or anything else that appeals to your specific audience and is directly related to the offerings that you want them to eventually buy. If the idea of creating content is overwhelming to you, believe me, I can relate to that too. (laughs) First of all, you don't have to do this. So feel free to just kind of listen, let this percolate. There's no pressure. I want, I'm giving you information. I want to empower you to do this, but I do not want you to do this if 
if you just don't have the bandwidth for it right now. If the way that you're currently working your email marketing is working for you, I absolutely support you in continuing to do that. However, if you're not getting the results that you would like and you want to try this new method, I have some really great tips for you that will make content creation not only easy, but even fun. If the idea of creating content, creating videos or little meditations or writing blog posts, if that feels overwhelming to you, the first thing that I'd like you to do is go back and make sure that you've really thought through your niche and that you've actually gone and talked to people who, real people who reside in your niche, people who are kind of like your ideal student, that you really understand them. If you, if you don't have any ideas or you feel like your ideas are too vague, chances are that you need more, more work on your niche because one of the, not symptoms <laughs> exactly, but one of the ways you know you have your niche right is that you'll be overcome with very specific ideas for how to help them. If you do have a ton of ideas, but the idea of implementing feels like more than you can handle, check in on your perfectionism. If you tend towards perfectionism, that this will make creating content way harder and more tedious than it needs to be. You're not going to be surprised to hear that I say this as a recovering perfectionist. I used to take about eight hours just to write a blog post. And this was way too much, and it totally prevented me from being consistent. Decide that your content is done when you're about 80% of the way. This will enable you to create a lot more content, get a lot more practice, and you will get faster and better as you go. Your 80% a year in a year or two might look pretty close to what 95% looks like now. Okay. Once you've decided on your audience and you've decided what kind of content you're going to send them on a regular basis, you're going to create a schedule for that. So this could be weekly, monthly, quarterly, or whatever you decide. I do think it's very important to be consistent. I personally believe that weekly content is the sweet spot for being top of mind without overwhelming people. I recognize, though, that teaching yoga is not always your full-time gig, or you might be doing it around parenting, or maybe you're teaching so many classes that you really have very little bandwidth for promotion. In that case, just choose a schedule that you're a little nervous about, but you're absolutely confident that you can accomplish it if you set your mind to it. Obviously, the next step is to go ahead and create some of that content. Specifically, the first thing to create is called a lead magnet. A lead magnet is a piece of high-quality content that you give to your email subscribers as a thank you for signing up. It needs to be relevant to your ideal student and also related to the offerings that you eventually want them to purchase. Your lead magnet could be the first of a series that you'll send to your email subscribers, but it can also stand alone. Once you have your lead magnet, 
It's time to integrate it into your email marketing management platform. So this is like MailChimp or my newsletter builder, AWeber, these these companies, they manage our the sending and building and organizing and tracking of our emails. So if you don't already have one, you definitely need to sign up for an account. I personally use MailChimp because I like their user interface. I think it's relatively intuitive. Their services are robust enough for the needs of a yoga teacher, I think. And I started out with their free plan, which you can do too. I don't necessarily think they're the best. They're not sponsoring this episode or anything. But because I haven't tried a whole lot of others, I don't know. Please do your own research on that. If you're setting up your email list from scratch with a new service provider, please don't just copy and paste all the emails you've collected over the years into that. That is not considered best practice. Unfortunately, you're going to have to reach out to those people. You can, you can send one last mass email with a link. You know, Let them know that you're upgrading to an actual email service provider and allow them to opt in on purpose. It's really important that the email service provider has that information that they chose. They took action to join your email list. Remember that it's really okay to have to start over or at least partially over because it's so important to have people on your email list who really want to be there. That is absolutely key. So once you have that email list, whether you just have a few people on it or you've been building this for years and you've got hundreds or even thousands, adding that lead magnet, that little thank you gift, is going to be different on each service provider. But I'm going to share with you a simple way that I did it using MailChimp that I think you should be able to extrapolate to any other service provider. What I did was I created my uh, my lead magnet for my email list is a PDF download of 100 yoga class themes. I created the PDF so that it can't be edited. I uploaded it to my website. Then I created and edited the initial email that MailChimp sends to my new subscribers, and I include in that email initial email, a link to that file. So it's super simple. If you do run into trouble on that end, the best is going to be to contact your email marketing platform for help. Now you may be wondering where in all of this content creation you get to actually promote your events. There are a few ways to go about this. So when you're, when you're just sending out valuable content regularly, you're going to stay top of mind. So that will boost your regular classes. But you'll find the power of email marketing is really much stronger for one-time events where they might miss out if they don't take action. So for these, it's great to create content that exactly relates to that event and then even include one or more links to sign up for that event within the body of the content. 
You can also add a PS at the bottom of your email. You might do that highlighting a certain class or, you know, a, a, a location, a studio, come check me out at this studio. And you don't even have to be so obvious as to do that because, like I said, just receiving an email from you is going to be enough to remind them about your classes and how much they love attending. Whew, okay, that was a lot of information. I really hope it was helpful. I would love to hear from you in the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group about your idea for a lead magnet. If you feel like you want more help choosing and creating a compelling lead magnet and setting goals for content creation, I would be thrilled to help you in a coaching session. You can sign up for a coaching session with me on my website at teachingyoga.net slash coaching. If I've not worked with you before, my initial sessions are 90 minutes, and we can cover anywhere from one to three topics in that amount of time, just depending. I love helping yoga teachers create order and focus in their business so that they can move forward with confidence and clarity. It means the world to me when I get to help passionate, talented yoga teachers create a business and a livelihood that fulfills and sustains them. I also feel really fortunate to be able to help so many yoga teachers for free through this podcast. Even if they're not able to work with me directly, ready to work with me directly, for whatever reason, it's not the right choice for them, I still get to have an impact. And the same is true for you with the content that you create. The free content that you create is a gift to your students and a gift to the world. So. Thinking of it that way makes it even more exciting and fun to create that content. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for spreading the word. If you would be willing to share this episode with a friend who you think would benefit, you can do that usually right from the app. There's usually a little three dots that you click, and, and one of the options will be share. I hope that you will tune in next week for a really awesome and relevant episode, kind of a companion episode to this one. My guest, Jess Rose, shares with us all the details you need to know to be successful in creating your first yoga video. So that could definitely be your lead magnet. Until then, yoga teachers, I hope you have a wonderful week. And please remember to take time for your personal practice.